Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission-free U.S. share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon and our full range of US markets both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk-free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB Podcast from Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott. Of course, it is September the 20th today, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Carl Rotter over in the Sydney studios. Carl, uh, look, a surprisingly resilient day. I think when we all walked into the office, we thought, you know, we might go and see a bit of a rally. But uh, yeah, up over 1% to go and end up the day. What, do you put, what was behind it? Well, as you know, um, all my best ideas are stolen, so I'll um, go straight to the last conversation that I had for the day, which was uh, with Martin Crabb from Shore and Partners. He's he's calling it uh, a bit of short covering, basically, and he said we saw a lot of lot of high volume at uh, the early part of the session, and then basically nothing at the back end of the day. And you can see it on the in the intraday chart. We basically flatlined from midday onwards. So uh, I dare say a bit of positioning before the uh, the Fed. Um, Closing some what uh, what what uh, Martin said were some reasonably extreme short positions on uh, on on Wall Street um, or um, S and P five hundred futures that sort of flowed through to uh, to the local market as well. So that that's the dynamic as as he outlined it. But yeah, I mean it's hard to to find any kind of signal. I think in this price action going into such a significant event on Thursday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of position, it, and, and it's really counter trend to the uh, the prevailing theme that we've seen over the past month, which of course has been lower with little spurts of buying in between. So maybe just a bit of position. Of course, it is getting towards quarter end as well. There was some relatively positive news, I guess, out of Hong Kong, albeit probably belatedly in many people's opinion. I'm uh, going to wind back some of those, uh, you know, those COVID restrictions across the uh, you know, the, the uh, city capital there. And maybe, just maybe, I think a few people are extrapolating that and saying, well, if Hong Kong can go and do that, what's going to happen maybe in the rest of the mainland? Because you look at the other top performing sectors today, at least, and it was materials and energy, and you won't find uh, any two more cyclically orientated places than those two. Yeah, fair call. And it is a pretty big development. I mean, you know, we've sort of been saying uh, since the start of the pandemic, Hong Kong's kind of been like the gateway to the rest of the country and uh, where it's sort of been used as perhaps like a little bit of a, uh, a testing ground for poli- uh, policy for... Um, uh, the, like you said, the mainland. So um, we did see what was it? it, it materials are up 2.4% today. Fortescue was down on, on the basis of some news, but uh, BHB back above 39 bucks per share. Rare also performed reasonably well. So yeah, a bit of, a bit of pos- positivity coming through those cyclicals there, pr- pretty significant. Yeah, we talk about what's going into the, uh, the pricing of you know, Fed funds rates and don't know where interest rates are going in the States and the bond yields continue to go and creep higher. 
probably no surprise, those long duration parts of the market as well. Healthcare uh, and REITs were both the laggards at the, uh, no, the sector level today. Uh, looking at individual moves, uh, I know the lithium space is once again red hot. Uh, no record high lithium prices in China. One factor there, lots of positivity when it comes to broker notes as well uh, towards the space. So probably not surprising you're going to see some gains coming through there. With the other uh, the laggards at this point in time, uh, Polynovo, it was up about 10% yesterday, gave back about half of that today coming through. Uh, yeah, not a lot of rhyme or reason, I'm going to be saying, the uh, individual stock level uh, for the laggards at this point in time. Unless your company begins with A, there was a surprising number of companies with A that were, uh, were down at the bottom of the scoreboard today. I can't go and put anything behind it, but maybe we're going reverse order of uh, alphabet and uh, selling from that order. I'm not sure, but certainly uh, just an interesting uh, side note today. I'll tell you one company that got a lot of uh, attention today was uh, New Hope, of course, the other uh, coal producer. Uh, today, I think, uh, reporting... A more than tenfold increase in profits in FY22. We all know that thermal coal prices are absolutely booming at this point in time. So we thought it might be an opportune time to go and sit down and go and get a view as to whether the best days are behind this uh, coal company. So we sat down today with Scott Phillips and the Motley Fool and Howard Coleman from Team Invest to get their thoughts on New Hope. Take a listen. I like New Hope. I like the management price. I just don't like the commodity price at the moment. And I think taking on shares right now exposes you to more risk and not enough return. So I would be selling this one if I own them. As a Solpatch shareholder, I should disclose, um, I kind of hope Solpatch also sells their stake because now will probably be a very good time. But I'm also reminded that Rob Milner has a very long record of success at Solpatch. So uh, he's probably a better arbiter and a better judge than I am on this one. This is the first year in 10 years that they've actually made a decent return on equity. So you're getting a once in 10 year good profit. It's highly unlikely you're going to get more than about one in 10 of the following 10 years. So like Scott, if I owned it and no team invest members, I'm sure do, we'd be happy to sell it. And there we have it. Uh, yeah, high flying new hope, but I uh, know take profits where profits are due. And I uh, know both are putting a slapping a sell on that, not in the portfolio, so we can't go and do anything with it. But maybe if you want to go and initiate a short position, a fresh idea out there for you. Uh, Kyle, uh, what were some of the other standout interviews you had today on your programs? Ooh, uh, my per- yeah, I'm always biased and, you know, I get slapped on the wrist and so do you uh, when we get a little bit through macro and ratesy and stuff like that. But uh, Dave Flanagan from Curve Securities was fantastic. Really got good conversation, especially in the wake of the minutes today. Um, you know, we didn't get too much, um, I suppose, new information um, out of that particular document. But, you know, the, the, the debate is 25 or 50. Um, rates markets are kind of split as to what um, will, will happen there uh, in October um, as far as what the RBA does. Uh, but also spoke about just some really interesting dynamics as far as um, funding um, funding goes uh, for, for Aussie banks. Um, would not want to attempt to um, distill that for you because it goes well above my pay grade, but it's worth discussing just for uh, its impacts on the economy as well as rates going forward. So that, uh, that really stuck out uh, to me, but uh, another really uh, good conversation too, a little bit more investable, uh, Andrew Whelan from DP Wealth Advisory, who's also on the call tomorrow, giving us a few um, infrastructure ETFs to get exposed to that space, uh, as he explains it, uh, a really hot area of the market, a really good area of the market to get to, to, to look for exposure in a high inflation environment. Yeah, absolutely. I had a chat with uh, Phil Adoni here from Deutsche Bank, uh, yeah. getting the good oil about you know, what's likely going to take place. Uh, of course, a lot of speculation about whether the RBA will deliver a 25, a 40 or a 50 next month. I uh, you know later this week what the Fed will do. You know, Deutsche were initially calling for a 50 basis point hike, but they've uh, quickly gone and reverted back to 75 and are now talking about 
a fairly meaningful risk we might go and see 100, I think at this point in time, about 80 basis points priced in to that September meeting. So we'll see what it has to deliver. But yeah, interesting to go and uh, try and read the tea leaves about how you know, things have changed as a result of that uh, very hot and sticky uh, US CPR report released last week. Uh, Andrew also had a chat with uh, Aaron Binstead from Lazard Asset Management in the 10 o'clock hour. Also, Wim Steamers from AI Capital uh, joining as well. So for those of the stock pickers market, uh, they can go and suffice your needs today. Uh, Kyle, we might go and keep it pretty short today because there's not a lot on the radar when it comes to you know, macro events ahead of the Fed. No. Is there anything though, in the next 24 hours or so that's no, really caught your attention or do you think it's now just no, waiting and watching? Well, I mean, I just want to throw in there too that the Bank of England and, and Bank of Japan will be interesting in their own rights. If it's 80% of it's going to be the Fed, um, you can split the final 20% between uh, what the Bank of England and Bank of Japan have to do. And although not as impactful for the rest of um, the, the sort of financial world for financial markets, uh, as far as uh, the, the outlook goes for, for the UK economy and obviously the currency landscape for um, uh, the uh, Bank of Japan, uh, what it does with uh, you know the, the situation with the yen, uh, going to be really interesting, at least for traders and uh, uh, other folks out there that like short-term volatility. So um, some interesting news coming up, but I dare say for the next 24 to 48 hours, it's all going to be waiting for those central bank meetings to, uh, to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was listening to the, I know the NAB Morning Call podcast this morning, and the title was Tomorrow, and I think that says it all. It's all about what happens <laughs> on Thursday. That's yeah, very of good. Of course, uh, with, the, uh, with the Federal Reserve, at least uh, on our local time frame here. With that, why don't we go leave it today? We'll get in, uh, regroup tomorrow and do it all again. How about that? Sounds fantastic, mate. All right. See you then. Bye. 